0: Hello, and welcome to Doing Time, where humans talk about their experiences in a psych ward. Today, we have special guest Haley Epstein. How are you doing? I'm so good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. Um, So Haley is not a comedian, surprise. Well, (laughs) you're funny, but um, she is a person who I actually got introduced to somebody from Deerfield, um, which is where I went to high school, and you speak about mental health at Deerfield and
1: middle school. I'm just trying to make sure I get it right, Yeah, right? I kind of just speak all over. I've spoken okay. at, like, all different places at this okay, point. Okay, cool. Yeah. I just
0: wanted to make sure. Okay, cool. So you were telling me a little bit about that, yes. but I just wanted to hear more, like, in-depth about it, your feelings about it. I was trying to get, like, base level. Yes, of course. So I can hear about it. So, like, tell me what your experience was, because I want to ask first how much time you've done. Of course. And then go into, like, how you started doing the speak.
1: Yeah. Um. So... I've done time my entire life, what it feels like, basically. <laughs> You're like, I'm 21, I've done 21 years <laughs> exactly. of life. Exactly. Um, no, I started going to therapy when I was five oh because God. I had a traumatic phobia of clouds. <laughs> um, like, What we'll, a rough life. Oh, you have no <laughs> idea. No, like, couldn't face windows in classrooms because if I saw clouds, at five? Oh, like, it was, yeah, it was the thing. Like, it'd be sunny and would, like, have anxiety attacks that it was going to storm, never you went had to camp. You anxiety attacks at five, so what oh, were they yeah. like? Um, it was mostly temper tantrums, which is like, okay. I talk a lot of my talk about it. My talks are, they're called It's Okay to Not Be Okay, and I basically just go through my life doing time, I guess, yeah. and talking about how my anxiety and mental health has changed and evolved over time. But when I talk about my anxiety from when I was five until probably like, 11 or 12, it was basically everyone just telling me I was a worry kid and my mom always just being like, you're a kid that just worries all the time and like has temper tantrums when she like gets nervous when it was really just like full blown anxiety and no one knew. So yeah. that's how I always worry. So
0: they like labeled you like, that's just who you are versus like, this is who you are, but let's also work on it.
1: Right. Well, so I would kind of just have people just saw them as temper tantrums. Like my second grade teacher used to kick me out of the classroom all the time because she's like, I don't know how to handle you. So go sit in the hall until you've calmed down mm-hmm. instead of being like, let me get your social work Or like what's
0: wrong, like what's right. causing this, exactly. what's the root of it. Well, I feel like also they're not going to, and even in like you're 21, mm-hmm. like even 10 years ago. Right. Like, that still wasn't Absolutely. a proper way. That's, like, a proper way to treat it. You're like, oh, just fucking kick them out. They well, suck. Exactly. And then let them back in when they're calmed down. Oh, like 1, that's 1,000%. But I think, I was even talking about this with friends where, like, I worked at a special ed school. And, mm-hmm. like, we don't take enough time to understand these kids. And at right. special ed, we do because we're, like, trained to do that. Mm-hmm. But when you have normal kids, quote, unquote, normal, right. mainstream, you're not asking those questions and like getting to the root of the problem because they're not labeled and then especially right. if they're labeled so you're like oh they're
1: autistic here's how we deal with it versus like oh maybe they have anxiety let's take the steps oh, to deal with it well and that was honestly one of the coolest talks I ever did was right before we went into quarantine and I spoke at the DPS 109 which is like my middle school and elementary schools I spoke at their teacher conference oh wow. so it was teachers that I had or that like were there when I was in second grade oh wow and I one of that's the, so it weird. was so cool and that's I crazy. one of the second grade teachers that my second grade teacher retired but one of the second grade teachers that was the classroom across the hall from me yeah she came to my talk not knowing like anything about it right and when I in my presentation I have pictures like are up behind me so I have like a picture of me when I was in like second grade when I talk about it And she came up to me afterwards, and she's like, I literally remember seeing you, like, sitting in the hallway crying and being like, what is going on? And I was talking to her about it afterwards, and she was like, that was only 15 years ago. And she goes, now we, like, teach social-emotional learning. And if you were, like, 7-year-old Haley today, you would have had a 504 plan, and you would have picked your teacher. You would have had friends in your class. Like, it would have been a completely different experience, which makes you feel so good that things are changing. And at the same time, like... There are one thousand percent teachers out there that are probably still kicking kids out of the classroom for
0: Right, time. right. But that's still crazy that they like have changed the whole system because mm-hmm. of that and knowing that. And I think I also think too that like you wouldn't have wanted it any other way just because you right. wouldn't be you wouldn't be speaking.
1: Oh, absolutely. You would have gotten
0: it solved and not solved, but you would have taken the steps to like you would have been in a completely different place. Oh one thousand percent. So you started speaking but like what happened before then, like, as far as, like, therapy, psych ward, yeah. like, all that stuff? So
1: so, SparkNote version, I went to therapy all of elementary school, okay. into middle school, mm-hmm. no, into all of elementary school, first day of sixth grade, completely lost my mind, like, didn't know what to do, like, had a breakdown, and, like, spent the first two weeks with the school psychologist, because I, like, couldn't go to my classes, okay, and, It's one of the main things I talk about in my talks is like in sixth grade, you're like going to middle school and you want to be cool and you want to be like outgoing and making friends. And like, was I supposed to tell all of my friends that I was crying because I like couldn't be at school when I was 12? Like, it was a joke. Was it anxiety? It was all just like, it was like I was in kindergarten all over again and like didn't know how to leave my mom. It was really weird. Yeah. But that was the first time I got put on medication, like for the first time in my life when I was 11 or 12. For Um, what? I think they were just, like, general anxiety meds. Like, just, like, a baseline anxiety med. Um, Because sometimes
0: they'll give you ADHD meds. Because they're, like, just fucking take
1: these. No, I've been tested for ADHD so many times, and that's definitely not it. It's, like, and I think more, like, a couple years ago, I finally, like, saw someone did, like, a, like, swab test. And I saw, like, the actual chemicals and, like genes in my body and like it really gave me a sense of being like this is why these things are happening and it's not just like here take this med it'll make you feel better it's like this med is going to help you because x y and z you don't have in your brain or in your body right so i think seeing that was like huge for me and it made a lot of it make sense from like when i was a kid of like being yeah and i think
0: it also reassures you that like if you've ever heard of obviously in mental health you've heard of this saying where it's like why do we treat mental health differently than like a broken bone right. or like a broken this or sprain this? But I think having science, like science, to back it up, absolutely reassures you that it's not it's it's not really in your control.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Even though you can cope with it, it's not something that you know is kind of just like oh, I felt like being lazy or right. I feel like crying. It's like, no, no one wants to feel like Absolutely. this. And I, I did one of those at, like, a therapy program, and they did it to see, like, which meds would work for me, but it mm. didn't tell me, like, what was wrong. Like, it right. didn't tell me, like, if I'm missing serotonin or whatever. Or like Absolutely. Like, my serotonin levels are low or whatever. Um, but I got to see, like, which meds would work for me, and I was like, oh, so this is science and, like, this right. isn't.
1: It, it does reassure you a little bit. Oh, for sure. Um, but, yeah, so I got put on meds when I was probably 11 or 12, And then was honestly, like, chilling through middle school and into, like, my junior year. But, like, still missed out on so many things, and people just didn't know. Where, like, I didn't go to Springfield because I had strep, quote-unquote. I didn't go to D.C. because I didn't find a room on time. Like, I just was so nervous to go and knew that I would be anxious if I went. Mm -hmm. So I missed out on so many things still, even though it was handled, I guess, or under control in a way. Right. but, yeah, I got to high school, and I really loved high school, honestly. Like, I had really great friends. I was, did a million different things. And then um, my junior year, I guess, the end of my junior year going into my senior year, I started to really, really struggle with eating and, like, body image and a bunch of stuff like that. And I am someone who likes to do everything on my own. Like my parents joke, my first words were I do it. Like Mm -hmm. I don't like when people help me. Mm -hmm. So when I started like struggling with eating and I think starting to feel depressed, I was like, but I'm fine. And like, I'll be able to figure it out because like I'm Haley and I don't need to ask anyone for help. Right. Um, And I kind of just thought it was like if I just kept doing my normal things, it was just going to kind of go away. So I dealt with anxiety, but depression was a whole new ball game for me I had mm-hmm. always been quote-unquote happy Haley and it was like uh-huh. no one knew me as anything other so I was like oh well, if I just keep doing my stuff I'll be fine
0: yeah I think and we even talked about this in the last podcast where like you have several different identities like there's probably school oh, school sure. Haley and dance right. Haley and like friends Haley and like how you treat your parents Haley like right you have all these different identities and I think that um, when you find an identity that you feel like you have to fulfill you're suppressing the other emotions like I said oh, that sure. I was always like the class clown like in high school I won like most sarcastic for mm-hmm. like senior superlatives or whatever and I'm I do comedy and like all these things that make me feel funny so like if I'm not funny right. therefore I can't be sad because I'm not fulfilling this like identity and I think that that's like super hard when your thing is to be happy like how the fuck can you not
1: oh for sure. show
0: that you're depressed. It's like that's the opposite of what you're spo- right. supposed to be.
1: Well, and that was the whole thing that I talk about a lot too is that I wasn't Haley anymore. I was a girl that was depressed. And I talk about it a lot when it comes to like yeah. self-harm. It was like I, if you had told me I would ever do something like that, I would have been like, you're absolutely insane. Like, What are you talking about? And it became the kind of thing where it was like, well, I'm not Haley anymore and these are things Haley would do now I'm this depressed person and these are things that depressed people do. So this is what I should be doing. Right. So it wasn't even like Haley was making the decision to do those things. It was like this depressed person that is me right now is making those decisions. It's out
0: of body experience. Did you, oh, did sure. you have
1: disassociation? Yes, I have huge disassociation. Okay,
0: can you give like an example to people yeah, who so, don't, not don't know what it is, but maybe who even are like don't know they're struggling Yes, with
1: it. it's so confusing. And I think one of the biggest things I always talk about and emphasize is that Your anxiety, your depression, your OCD, eating, whatever it is, changes and evolves over time. So, Mm -hmm. like, the way your anxiety looks when you're five doesn't look the same when you're 10 versus 30 years old. Right. So, like, when I would – I, like, have my most vivid memory of it is I went to sleepaway camp and I made it four days (laughs) before they sent me home. Because I was so anxious, mm-hmm. um, and I have a vivid memory of sitting in the parking lot, and everyone, like my mom and all these people, told me that I was trying to run away from camp. And I don't remember being there, but I can picture myself like sitting on the gravel, like from above. Like I can see myself sitting there, and I know that it wow. happened, but I don't remember being there, like okay. at all. So yeah. that's like extreme disassociation. Extreme but like anxiety. There's, I think when I just have anxiety attacks in general, I feel like I'm putting myself in a different environment than where I actually am and like needing to use my senses and like touch things to like really be like I'm actually here and this isn't like I'm not crazy
0: yeah and I think a lot of times too like when you have anxiety attacks like it obviously people know the biggest thing about panic attacks is you feel like you're dying right and you're not going to be aware of things that are going around you going on around you and I think that like my therapist always says, "Drew, I know you're going to hate me, but you got to do oh my grounding God, yeah. techniques, grounding." But it's super important because if you're having an anxiety attack and you're like, "This is great." Oh wait, that's great. Like right. you really start to like absorb what's in front of you versus like what's in your fucking head because oh, you can't sure. you can't get it out. And um I think that like Obviously, disassociation is a huge part of depression, but also doing things you wouldn't normally do is also a form of dissociation.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, um, I talk about it. I actually just posted about it on my Instagram the other day. um, It's talking about how it looks so different in all different people. So Mm -hmm. I made a whole post about, like, suicidal warning signs, and people wanted me to talk about it because it's Suicide Prevention Month. Happy Suicide Prevention Month. Oh, wow. Um, And I was talking about it, how most people when they're depressed or suicidal isolate they don't do things they normally want to do they're acting very different than themselves but I was going and doing everything I wanted to do because I was fighting so hard what everyone thought I didn't want anyone to know so I think I did the opposite and I think so many other people do the opposite too which is why it's so tricky because it just presents itself so differently and everyone's warning signs or everyone's portrayal and projection of whatever mental health issue it is is so different yeah and i think
0: right and that's really important too and i think it's like it really just i guess speaks to the fact of where we come from too we're always supposed to be doing 10 things at once right so that's s- similar to what happened to me where people are like i didn't even know you went to paul people ask me two years later, i went to paul for two years and people are like oh you graduated from denver right and i was like whoa
1: people think i like i like so a I like all it all suicide time. attempt
0: <laughs> between like at DePaul. Like, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like I was still going there and I tried to kill myself and people still asked me like, did you, and I was like, Whoa, what? They're Mm -hmm. like, didn't you like die? Didn't you die for four years? And I was like, no, I like, no, but, and I wasn't on social media for a couple years Mm -hmm. during that time. But, um, it's, I was go, 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 go. I was still a division one athlete. And then I obviously quit, but I like was in a program and I was still going to school and like talking to my friends and like, even, like, seeing my friends that, like, it just – I was so go, go, go all the right. time. And I, I think that it's hard to see those signs. So you need to make sure to ask people, like, right. if you know they're going through – even something that, like, they say they're okay about. Like, just ask, like, how they're doing about right.
1: it. Because you might get an answer that you would never expect. Oh, absolutely. Well, and I think that kind of leads into, like, the next part of my doing time in my life was my senior year when I started to feel that way. I went to treatment for the first time after. I wouldn't, yeah, I went to treatment for the first time and I was still going to dance company practice every day after PHP. So I'd be at the hospital or at program wherever I was Mm -hmm. from eight to two Mm -hmm. and then I'd go to the high school and I'd go to dance company and no one had any, no one knew where I was all day, but then I was there for dance company. Did that make the dancing
0: hard? Like, did you.
1: Honestly, dance, like, saved me in so many ways like dance and like my dance I have such close friends but my dance friends and my dance team were just a completely different like part of my life of like feeling comfortable and feeling accepted Uh that when I first went into treatment my dad was like you're not going to dance you're not doing anything like you have to focus on treatment and I was like dance is like what is going to make me better Mm -hmm. I was like I need some sort of normalcy and I need this outlet to talk about and to do all the things that I need to do.
0: Yeah. And I think, like, you need you need a schedule. You need structure. I think mm-hmm. that one of the biggest things with depression is that you don't have structure. You isolate yourself from things. And even if you're doing those things while you're depressed, you're still isolating yourself a little, and you're little bit. you're not
1: doing it. You're walking through it. It's you're, like you're, you're just, going like, through like going motions. through the motions. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so I think that with... <laughs> I think that with that, it's supposed to give you structure while also being able to have this outlet where, like, even if something happens in dance, you can go and talk about it at your group therapy. You can process things that are going on in the present. And I think sometimes you get better faster because you isolate yourself from, like, dance and all those things you're doing because you're not doing anything. And those are the things that usually would even stress you out, even though dance is, like, a thing that... You use for an outlet. I'm sure there was stresses in that. Oh, absolutely. So I think that when you're not doing anything, it's like worse to go to therapy because...
1: For sure. You don't
0: have a lot to talk about.
1: You don't have a lot to talk about. And I think, when, at least for me, like when I'm depressed, I feel like there's no schedule because it's all one. Like I feel like it just never ends and there's no like... Well, you're just trying to looking, get through the day. Right. And it's not even like getting through the day. I think it's more of like, there's no looking forward to something. It's like I wake up and I'm like, what am I... Supposed to be excited about and like that's how I felt for so long. It was like the only thing I had to look forward to was dance. So why would you take that away when like you probably didn't? I don't look forward to anything else,
0: right? And you probably didn't see it that way. He was like, "Well, this is like too much." Right? They always see everything as too much. Where like my dad and stepmom, like I first got recruited at Denver, and they were like, "This can be too much. Don't do it." And I was like, "Oh, so I should pass him a one opportunity so that like I can be mentally healthy?" Absolutely not. Well,
1: and that's I think at least for me, for sure, within the past year, is like challenging myself to those things because it honestly like pisses me off at this point for like my parents or anyone to be like well are you sure you want to do that like that could be too much it's like no like i'm doing that like i want to do that mm-hmm. because i want to prove to myself that i can because for so many years i was like oh you're right i probably shouldn't do that and i didn't do those things
0: Mm-hmm. i think i also think that depression and
1: a part of therapy is learning about
0: boundaries um and you learn how to set that stuff and so I think that people sometimes don't trust you because you're depressed but I think if you are depressed and you're in a program you learn how to set those boundaries where it's like no I I genuinely want to do this if I knew it was too much I would set that boundary with myself and you're learning that stuff if you're get if you're wanting to get better that's how you would act for sure so I think you would want to set that boundary um So, you basically went to treatment, and then you were like, okay, I'm still going to shit, blah, 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 blah. blah. And then you went to college.
1: Well, so, I went to treatment in... I actually uh, went to treatment, like, two days after my birthday senior year. And I, like... That's one of, like, my main slides in my talks is I post... I have this picture behind me and it was like, you know, like when you run the square senior year and it's like homecoming Mm -hmm. was my birthday, my senior year. So I was like, I posted this picture of me smiling with all my friends on Instagram. And like, it was honestly like one of the best birthdays I ever had. And that was Friday. And then Sunday I went into treatment for suicidal ideation. And it was like, I was acting like this and posting like this. So why would anyone have any idea that anything was different? So I went to treatment September, October. Um, went back to school shit just got so much worse and then I ended up going back to treatment a second time in December for eating and for depression anxiety okay so I was in treatment from December through like February March and then I went to college my freshman year
0: okay so how was the transition between like the high school college like
1: Honestly, it went, like, absurdly smoother than I ever thought it was going to. Uh Um, And I think a lot that helped was the fact that I was going to a place that I had visited my entire life and felt very homey to me. Okay. So I didn't feel like I was leaving home and going to some crazy new place that I'd never been. Right. So I felt very at home there and comfortable. And I think knowing that I was only two and a half hours and like could get on a bus if I needed to it's come home—it's like the home comfort—and not even like like using it, but knowing that I could if I yes, needed if to you was need, huge. If you needed to, oh, it's it was such huge. a like—it's a cushion for it's, sure. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, so you went into treatment. What? So. Uh, okay. I have a couple Go ahead. Questions. What's like for eating? Mm-hmm. Like. Was it because? i for me it was ocd yeah and i talk about that a lot mm-hmm. and it's easy to explain because i get it and right most people probably don't get it but when i explain it i'm like okay this is you know this right. is how it is like that's what my eating was about blah blah blah, blah. what was the because the eating disorder i don't really feel like people just have an eating disorder so oh, there were never, a, there no. were cases but this is what i'm getting into like You had an eating disorder, what in your cause was obviously anxiety, but I want to hear more about that. Like, specifically, what was it for you?
1: Um, So, my entire life, I've always been, like, a very outgoing, very confident, never caring what people think about me, like, my entire life. Not in a bad way, but just, like, I knew who I was and never really cared. And then my sophomore year, um, I had – it was, like, a very specific event. I had a guy who – i was friends with and he said to me like to my face he was like you know like no one's ever gonna hook up with you like unless they're a chubby chaser right and he was like (gasps) people don't hook up with like people like us like i hope you know like we're in the same boat and i had never really like i knew that i was never like a stick like i just like wasn't like that but i had never really like thought about it like that and i like still hadn't had my first hookup and everyone else had and i was like oh so like this is why like this oh, is yeah, going on oh 1000% you like 100% believe right it. and I think there were so many other things that probably happened but like when I think about what was really at the root of it it was that specific conversation because I think about it all the time still and it was like five years ago mm-hmm. and like that person is so irrelevant that like it's stupid but I think it just, it like, hit really deep right I think it just shows how significant it was in terms of my body image and I say it all the time that I feel like when it comes to my anxiety and my depression and ocd whatever i have like things that i've conquered when it comes to it and like things that i feel like i've grown leaps and bounds when it comes to talking about it i think body image is something in my mind that like i will never like conquer not that like any of those things are things you check off a list but i think body image specifically and eating are so intertwined in something that like I don't know. I just don't think it's something that in my head is like ever going to be like. I love myself so much, and I hope one day, like God, I hope one day that I could be like that. But right, like, it right. is such a difficult mountain to climb, and it seems so far. And I think so many people feel that way I think when you, it comes to. Body I think
0: image. you will get there, and even talking to people, like I have a lot of older friends, like who mm-hmm. are like thirty and forty, and they're always like, "Oh, when you get thirty, you're going to love yourself." Like, right? Because <laughs> it's like you just kind of get over it. Like right. that's that's my guess. Because oh, I'm twenty three, totally, but guess. I. But my thing is, like, my, I guess, I've said this before. And, I mean, I don't talk about it a lot. But that was my hardest thing to get over. Mm -hmm. And I experienced it for the shortest amount of time. It was the hardest thing for me to get over. It was my eating disorder. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's still something that I really struggle with. Um, Like, the patterns that I used to have and why I used to have them. It's something I struggle with. I, body image is what I struggle with. Sorry. Not in no, disorder, ahead, but yeah. a body image is what I struggle with because the eating is something that you can control. And I was going to say this. When you conquer depression and anxiety, it's such a relief because it is something that is constantly on your mind. And you know when you can nip it in the butt mm-hmm. and you're like, yes, I got it. I finally right. am in a happy mood and I want to be with people. You're always in your body in your physical body you're seeing your like I can literally look and be like those are my legs those are my feet like you're constantly looking at it so it's hard to get it off your mind whereas like you can avoid anxiety triggers this person makes me anxious this situation makes me anxious you can't avoid being in your
1: physical body and that's why it's so difficult well and that's exactly what I was just about to say is that like I can identify exactly what triggers my anxiety and what triggers my depression and like make sure I either a avoid them or b prepare for them if I know they're gonna happen for sure you're eating all the time you have yes. to eat you have to look in the mirror when you get dressed you have to do those things i don't have to do certain situations that make me anxious or right. that i know will make you're told me not feel to do them way. and you're not and you're not supposed to right so I think that's why a lot of people feel that way. I think a lot of people feel that way about eating and body image in general. It's just It's
0: really it's hard constant. because on one hand, you have people who are like being 90 pounds and then on the other. It's like, it's okay to be any size and flaunt it right. on Instagram. Like there's a lot of mixed messages that I feel people get and not in a bad way. I'm for the body positivity moon. I'm for people who are 90 pounds healthily, like right. not with eating yes. disorder. But I think there's such a, I think we live in this world in such extremities You're either a Bernie fan Or you're a raging Republican And everyone right. should beat you up Oh for sure And yeah. it's like There's so There's always extremities mm-hmm. And especially With eating It's so hard to be like Well am I skinny or am I fat Well I might as well gain 50 pounds or right. Lose 50 oh, pounds 1,000%. It's so hard to like Just be okay with where you're right. at And who you are Because Typically You're not gonna fit in one box Or the other right. Because you might be skinny in this area You might be strong in this mm-hmm. area And it's like you're never You might not feel We live in a lot of binaries. Right. And you might not feel like you belong in one. And when you're in an environment like Deerfield or like somewhere that pressures you to be in one binary and you're not, you're going to experience something. Right. And then somebody who tells you shit like that's going to scar you for life. Right. Whereas if you grow up in an environment that people are constantly talking about your bodies or like okay with your bodies. Right. But where we came from, it's not accepting if you're a pound overweight. Oh, for sure. You get... Looked at weird Or like Mm -hmm. There's comments that are like Passive aggressively thrown around Right Um And I think you just Are kind of used to it Mm -hmm. Like I didn't realize How used to it I was Until like I started Meeting other people
1: Well and that's like Something I say now too Where like When I talk with my therapist To like ask me about How I'm doing like Eating wise Or like body image wise And like i literally don't even think about it being an issue because it's just like the norm yeah like i remember when i went to treatment <laughs> for eating they were like yeah. so how many times do you body check per day and i was like how many times do i what and they were like yes. like when you pass something like and you look at yourself and i was like so every time count I, that? Pee. I was like you count how many times like you look at yourself in a window or a mirror like when you pass it i was like that's not something like that's normal that's not like that's a thing I you count. Do it. that's like the breathing day. to you right um, but the thing that you were saying about I remember about, getting asked that too. Oh, I was like that's And I was like I, I guess 20 asked.
0: times. Like right. what do you mean? Like all day. Um, the fuck.
1: But that was What you were saying about the extremities is something that like is such like I am the most black and white all or nothing person yeah. like And not even so much black and white. I would say all or nothing is like my thing. And I have binge eating disorders so mm-hmm. it's a mix of anorexia and overeating yeah so the cool thing though about right because cool I know what yeah right um, The cool thing about being in treatment for it was that there were people that I was in treatment with that were like 90 pounds and there were people that were like 400 pounds because you're it's such a scale this eating disorder yeah. that like it's how much you restrict versus how much you binge and everyone's right. like so different. So we all were like, different people but struggling with the same things and we all looked so different but had the same yeah and the one common thing is food is always on your mind no matter what right Mm.
0: yeah so you were saying about treatment for eating yes so
1: i when i was was in treatment for eating there was this guy who was like this he must have been like 45 or 50 year old guy and he was like 300 pounds and he was in my treatment program and because it was an adult treatment program so it was 18 and up and i was 18 so i couldn't be in the adolescent one And anytime someone would come in there and be like, I just had a horrible binge or I just missed like two meals or whatever it was, I remember all he said was, it's just data. He'd be like, you're collecting data. He'd be like, you can't piggyback and like kill yourself over these mistakes you're making. He goes, they're not mistakes. He's like, it's data. And what matters is how you use the data that you just found and move forward. And I think about it all the time of being like. It's such an interesting right." And it was so, and like, that's something I think about. And the other thing, my dietitian was literally the coolest fucking person I'd ever met in my entire That's life. Awesome. And she used to, anytime I would like have a thought about food, good or bad, she'd be like WTF. She'd be like, what's the function? And she'd be like, why do you want to do that? Like, what's the function of doing that? Mm-hmm. And I think it applies to like everything I do. I think about it all the time. It's like, I want to go cry in a corner or I want to isolate or I want to not do this thing I'm supposed to do. Well, what's the function of me doing that? And like I could end up going through it and being, like, that is actually something I should be doing. Like, I should be taking the time to, like, not go to that party or not go to that thing because I need to take time to take care of myself. Or I might talk it through and be, like, why am I wanting to be by myself? I should go do that thing.
0: Yeah, but I don't even think – I think it's not even interesting why she says what the function. It's asking and being aware of what your emotions are. Most people don't even know, like – I don't want to go to this thing. Why would I don't want to go there? Like I just don't want to go, but I'm doing it. No, they right. don't even know. They exactly. just people just do. They don't think, mm-hmm. and that's why a lot of times people run into issues. It's people who have issues with self awareness. They don't know their emotions. Or they right. don't, or they don't express their emotions.
1: Oh, people, for sure. So it's
0: like people think a lot, and they don't because they, that's all I know. Though, like most right. people don't know how to communicate or say these things or like open up about them. And I think just being aware of like why do I want to do this oh okay that's really dumb I'm not gonna do it
1: well and that's the whole thing like that's why my talk is called it's okay to not be okay because my entire life the only emotion I ever knew was happy and like even now like the emotion sadness pisses me off like I literally can't describe it but Mm -hmm. like when I get sad I get like angry I'm like why do I feel it's like I'm like a heterosexual like man who like has to be strong it's (laughs) like why am I sad like I shouldn't be sad this is so stupid and it's like no like Be sad because all those times that you pretend that you're not sad and you put in a box, one day they're all going to fly out and every single one of those times that you weren't sad that you should have been are all going to happen at once and you're going to wish that you were sad all those other times and actually dealt with it and felt it. And
0: process it. That's the biggest thing is, like, I think for me, and I don't know if, like, this is similar to you, somebody especially who tries to hide things. Like, when I was in – I'm really good about being open now, but um, I think before then, before, like, a couple of years, I was – um really good at hiding a lot of like i would say what happened but i would never say how i felt right oh totally. so it was like oh my parents are divorced oh my my dad's trying to fuck over my mom my brother does heroin but it's never me it's never right. like i'm sad i'm angry i'm hurt you're I'm stating never... the
1: facts you're not talking about the okay now what Right. But but it's like that I wanted to
0: be known for that because I wanted to avoid how I felt. Right. Oh. And I wanted for it sure. to be an excuse as to why I was acting a certain way, as to like oh, being yeah. like I'm sad. It's like, oh no, she's sad because she fucking lashed out. Right. So or she hates authority and it makes sense she hates authority because she wants to rebel because she doesn't want right. to deal with her issues. And I know that looking back, I know what my high school self was. I know right. all the teachers that fucking hated me. Like I, I understand, but I think you need to know yourself like you need to ask yourself like what the fuck am i doing right all the time you need to be like why am i doing this and it's also really important to know why you're doing things because you're you might be addressing those issues from back then why you wouldn't have allowed to actress like allowed yourself to act sad i almost pretend to act sad i go drew cry drew cry sometimes right. i'm like just fucking do it and i can't sometimes because i like have blocked myself off for so long mm-hmm. of doing that that now i just cry at random times i cry at little stuff that right. doesn't matter because i don't allow myself to cry about big stuff does that make sense yes
1: absolutely like i'll
0: cry because uh i'm upset that my dog like peed in the house i'm like fuck this i want to return my dog i hate this fucking bullshit but my cousin died a couple of days ago and I started crying and then I was like, Oh no, it's fine. Right. Like, and obviously well, and I fucking like, cried later, but I'm saying I'm not a monster, but like, I literally am like, I know how to deal with that shit, but I can't right. deal with my dog. peeing on. Well, the and it's
1: like crying about the little things justifies the fact that you aren't sad when it matters. Like, but I am sad sometimes. Like I swear I actually do feel that yes. emotion. So you can't be like, I don't feel sadness. Like I swear I actually feel it. It's like, but you feel it when maybe like, You don't want to feel it fully. Like, that's, like, I always say all the time, like, I'm a huge stuffer. So it's, like, whenever I feel those emotions, I stuff them. And then it gets to the point where, like, you've stuffed them so many times that they come out at those little moments. Because you're not actually sad about the dog. You're really actually sad about your cousin. But this thing with your dog is triggering you to be like, oh, I should be sad. And like, these are the reasons I'm actually sad. Oh, yeah.
0: I totally had like a teenager moment the other day where I was just lashing out being like, I hate my dog. And I, I love him. But like, right. it's just oh, it's yeah. hard to train a puppy. And I'm like, I hate my dog. But I was like, really just fucking sad. My cousin died. Right. Like it's but I didn't want to say that because I don't want to appear weak. Right. Even though it's oh.
1: fucking weak to cry about a puppy. Like, you no, know, what but I mean? it's, it's funny. Like, it's so different. We're like. It's funny to be upset, like, about your dog, like, crying. You're like, right. I'm so sad about it. And people, like, laugh and think it's hilarious versus, like, for me, I hate the attention, like, when I'm upset. Yes. Like, yes. I would rather tell you the next day, be like, hey, I was so upset last yes, night. Like, can we talk too. about it? Rather than being like, I'm so upset right now. Like, can we please talk while well, I'm upset? Like, fuck no. Let's talk about it afterwards when I'm, like, when normal. I and, right, and exactly. And I can pretend
0: like I was never right. sad. Right, and
1: I could, like, laugh. At, like, whenever I'd, like, text, like, my best friend after and be like, hey, like, can we talk? Like, I just had this, like... Panic attack, whatever, I'll be like, LOL.
0: Like, literally after right, everything. Because right. I'm like,
1: now I'm like laughing But also about it's it.
0: like a people-pleasing thing with your... Oh, for people sure. People-pleasing with mental health where you don't want to feel like they're burdened with your emotions well, kind of thing. I, um, and I, I, I just... I think when you are constantly told that like people-pleasing... Not people-pleasing, but that it's not okay to talk about it, mm-hmm. that makes it okay to not be
1: sad. Right. Well, and I have this thing where... My therapist and I have talked about it a lot where it's, like, very transactional for me. Where, like, even, like, my closest friends that would do, like, literally anything in the world for me, like, if they haven't talked to me about something going on in their life that day, I feel like I can't. Or, like, if I've talked yes, to them too much about what's going on, I can't keep talking to them about it because it's, like, well, you need to, like, I need to help you now because, like, I, you've been helping me too much. And it's very transactional being, like, I can't keep putting my shit on you if, like, you don't put some on me
0: right and I think it's super like I used to do stuff where I was like I don't want to talk about it because I didn't high school. I'm like I don't want to talk about it because like you have shit going on and they're like right no like you're like I remember even big things would happen my brother would overdose on heroin and I'd like go to my friend and be like I'm fucking sad but like your family's fucked up right like let's talk about your family right and like I totally like deflect um but now I'm getting, I think as you get older, you get a lot better about being selfish in that sense where you kind of right. just go like, what the fuck? Like, I know my friends want to be there for me. I would be there for my friend. Um, it's hard, especially because you, you, you don't feel like you're burdening them with your emotions. You feel like you're burdening them with your depression.
1: Right. No, because you also sense. probably yeah. feel
0: labeled as that a little bit, especially if you're trying to avoid that. Oh, for sure. So I think you probably are avoiding um the I, I don't know if it's the label or the emotions but I think that you're avoiding some part of yourself that you don't want to show to the world or show to any or show to yourself for sure because I don't think you want to feel completely exposed I think it's easy to label yourself as anxious versus like this is what anxiety looks like do you want to see me having panic attack because right. that's
1: bad oh for sure and it's I think it's so much easier to tell someone, be like, "Yeah, this is what happens, like when I have a panic attack, like this is going on." Versus like seeing calling it. my friend when I'm like literally hyperventilating and like can't breathe, being like, "This is what's going on." Like, right,
0: I, I know, and it. it's crazy because like there's certain things where you can. tell... I mean, literally the other night, this doesn't have to do with mental health, but just like the thing where it's like hearing it versus seeing it. Mm-hmm. I have some weird like food intolerance. I think to chicken, and I like went to the toilet, and I. This has happened like multiple times, like, but not, not frequently enough, but I'd say like a couple, maybe like four or five times a year where I get on the toilet and then I break out in cold sweats. I feel like I'm going to throw up and go diarrhea at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I get so fun. I get, it is horrendous, (laughs) dude. And I get pale and, you know, I'm like yelling in the bathroom and I remind my boyfriend like trying to hang a TV. And they were like saying something, and I was like, I couldn't talk. Like I literally, right. I couldn't. I was, I felt like I was dying. And I come out, and they were like, I've. They're like, you. I've never seen you look so pale. I've right. never seen you look so pale. And like I've never seen. I so I'm, I was like yellow, mm-hmm. and from like my blood pressure dropping, and like I think it like seeing people's faces. That my roommate was just like, like i would never seen somebody look at me like that right. and wouldn't stop staring at me. Right. And I was like, oh, okay. So like the reality of things. When you hear about right. them, are way different with, with, than when you see them. Like hearing about my brother's overdose, versus watching him. I've seen him jones. Like right. people don't know what that is. it's like. Withdrawals from heroin. Like I've seen him like be like, I need, I need money, I need money. Right. Itching himself, seeing the scabs, seeing the track marks. Like I've seen some shit.
1: It's very different seeing it versus hearing. about, I it, and about it I was because freaked I out. I was because I think when you when we talk about it. People create their own picture of what it is. Right. They don't actually see what's going on. Exactly. It's like, okay, I'm telling my best friend that I was having a panic attack last night. She wasn't there. She doesn't know what I looked like in my car. She doesn't know like what was going on. And she has her own picture of it. I think when you're friends
0: with someone, you also want to avoid what it looks like because you don't want to see someone hurt or struggling. Oh, for sure. Well, and I say it
1: all the time. Like I have so many people in my life that I consider like some of my closest people that like know everything about me in and out but I have maybe three people in my life that have ever seen me actually like cry like that and none of them are in my family. So it's like, sometimes I was talking about this the other day with someone who reached out to me and it's like, I think a lot of the times the people you're closest with, it's the hardest people to talk to about it. We're like, I would (laughs) so much rather, like the other day I posted for World Suicide Prevention Day, I posted on my Instagram And I posted about how I just had, like, a shit day. Like, I literally was, like, I laid in bed all day today. Like, I just had, like, the worst day ever. It was super triggering, and I didn't want to do anything. And I posted, like, fully, like, a 40-second video on Instagram in my bed talking about it. But the entire day wouldn't even just go tell my mom and be like, Mom, I'm having a shitty day. Like, she just knew I was in my room and, like, but I didn't want to talk to her about it because, for me, it's so much harder to, like, talk to her or talk to my dad or whoever and tell them that I'm feeling that way versus sharing it with however many other people that are out there which is a very weird thing yeah. but I think a lot yeah. of people tend to feel that way because it's no, yeah. not as straightforward and like no upfront. it's you
0: also don't want to disappoint them yeah. I think oh, that sure. I think that not that you're going to but I think that you have an image and an idea in your head that you have to be strong, and if you're not, therefore, for your weekend a disappointment. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not saying you are. But no, but I totally get what you're saying. I'm like, get out of here. Right. Go disappoint your parents. But I think you have this idea, and then you talk to them, and they're like, are you fucking crazy? Like, I wish I knew you were struggling, or I wish I knew this, right. or I wish I knew that my mom's like, I had no fucking idea. I knew that you were struggling, but not that I ever – I never – right had any idea it was this bad mm-hmm. like i remember her not seeing me for a while and she's just like oh my god he looks so skinny like what happened and i was like okay, i can't see her because of college right and i was like oh so like i scare people now
1: right well now was the thing with my my dad always said that he's like you only come to us whenever it's death con 2 he's like yes you never come to me in like the before. before he's like come to me when you're like a little bit anxious so then we don't have to get to Deathcon 2 and like for me right. it's always i That's think my right i think <laughs> i've definitely gotten like so much better at talking about it and i think one thing that really helped me was like not even like having to talk to people about it when i'm upset but more so being like i'm upset right now like i don't really want to talk about it but i'm just letting you know that i'm upset and when i'm ready to talk about it then i'll talk about it with you oh
0: my god yes they teach you then therapy and i've done that with my mom before my mom worries i'm like mom like i'm gonna be fine i'm just like right you know, like
1: it sucks right now exactly and it's like i i feel like if someone came up to me and like we're like for instance like if my boyfriend texts me he's like i can tell you're having a day like what's going on i'm like i'm not having a really bad day like being totally honest with you but i don't really want to talk about it right now and he'll be like okay that's fine like we can talk about it whenever you're ready and it's like not having to talk about it when i don't want to but knowing that like when I am ready, I can. And at the same time, being honest and being like, not just saying like, oh, my day was fine, actually. Like, I don't know what yes. you're talking about. Being like, right. yes, you're right. My day sucked. And I'll talk to you about it when I'm ready to talk about it. I don't yeah. Want it right now. And
0: I also think even to having those relationships, it's so important to just sometimes when I even say I'm having a shitty day and I don't want to talk about it, I like instantly feel better. Right. Because I just
1: like was like, Well, when someone knows that you have a shitty yes. day now, you're not like. There's no more pretending. You don't have to pretend like you had a good day. Like, you could just act like you had a shit day. Because yeah. people know now.
0: Exactly. I think, uh, I mean, I have a lot of anxiety about what people think.
1: And I think. I've actually never experienced that. I never <laughs> actually. Foreign
0: concept. Can you define right. that for what me, please? Can, can you Caring put, the, what other put people that think? word in a second sentence? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think my first impressions obviously mattered. but, like, I think about this, like, literally almost every day, and it'll obviously go away, but, like, I just moved into this new building, and I remember, like, moving in and, like, fighting with my mom kind of loudly, and, like, he obviously saw it, and he was, like, the manager <laughs> of the building, and I was, like, fuck this. And now every time I see him, I'm like, God, I have to be a normal person. Show him right. I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. And he's probably like, Oh, she's moving and having a shitty day.
1: Right. Like he, he's probably the like, reality I don't is that it. he doesn't actually. He also think about doesn't it. give a fuck. Right.
0: He's literally a maintenance man. Right. He's dope. But like, I'm just saying, not no, diminished maintenance man community. <laughs> we
1: love them. They're amazing. <laughs> yeah. But like,
0: just saying, like, he's a maintenance man. He probably like wants to like fucking end his day and go home.
1: Right. So well, and-
0: yeah, and and now every day I think about it, and then I had a, he was in my bathroom, and I had a fucking meeting with my psychiatrist mm-hmm. and he was in my bathroom and I was like, the meds are great <laughs> for my body. Like now I was completely Now he like knows what it. meds you're on. And th- exactly. <laughs> and then I was like talking about, and of course like I was late to it and I completely forgot. So then I, I was like, fuck, I can't be late. And then I go on and he's in my bathroom and I'm like, just, and I'm, I have narcolepsy so I'm like, just talk about the narcolepsy meds. Make it seem right. like it's not your problem. Like uh-huh. literally make it seem like you're not crazy. Right. Because it's like narcolepsy is not Neural, in my control. And like, depression totally is. Fine. Right. right. So I was just like, I'm not falling asleep a lot. I don't. I'm narcolepsy's right. great, and I just literally was just trying, and I was like, I think I need to be on a mood. Get off. Stay on my mood stabilizer. I'm.
1: Right. I'm fine, John. I'm fine. I'm i fine. swear. fine.
0: Yeah, and it's just like so embarrassing. It's probably like this girl is crazy, and but, but I he's think so it's nice. so true like, though.
1: The reality of like people not actually thinking about it. Where I was talking, one of my best friends is a freshman in college this year, and she was talking to me, and she was like. I literally meet people, and, like, the second I meet them, like, I'm, like, having so much fun, and I meet them, and I walk away, and I'm, like, what the fuck did I just say? Like, what's going on? Like, why did I say that? What did they think? And I was, like, I remember getting to college and experiencing social anxiety for the first time, like, ever in my entire life. I was, like, in high school, it was, like, everyone knows everyone. Like, you have a rep there, and it's, like, you go to college, and you're starting over. So, it's, like, it's not like you, you, like, right, and it's, like, Every single person I remember meeting and every experience I had, I was like, was I too outgoing? Did I talk too much? Or like, did I not talk enough? Like, what did they right. think about me? Were right, they Because they don't me? know like, your
0: intentions because they don't know you. They'd never heard about right. you. There's it's like so you're different. just a blank canvas. Right. So yeah, it's very different. I remember that too. And I also remember, um, you could probably relate to this, but I remember there was this girl, um, she literally we were just talking yesterday, Maddie, who's an amazing comedian, and she has this like at one of the comedy clubs they like posted a picture of her on the wall Mm -hmm. and she was like she looked like it was like not a good picture of her or whatever and so Maddie (laughs) was like I look so bad and I said something like yeah it's like not the best picture of you like something like a little like sassy or whatever But, like, she totally knew it was, like, a shit picture of her. And right. she's, like, why the fuck did they put – And I was, like, saying it to agree with her, like, right. pick a different photo. Like, mm-hmm. not as in, like, yeah, you're ugly. Like, right. she's exactly. fucking great. But I, I saw it or whatever. And then I texted her and I was, like, dude, I'm so sorry I said that right. about you. And she's, like, I didn't even remember you saying that. Right, like, what exactly. are you like And I was, like, oh, so I think about this way more than she's thinking about it. Oh, I
1: have that all the time. Yeah. I have, like – obviously I'm a perfectionist. Like, I'm a huge perfectionist. But in terms of like, not like li- like obviously little things, but when it comes to just like life, where like over the summer, like at my job, I had this like situation where like this kid I was t- like one of the other counselors I was talking to, and he said the word beer, and it was around other campers. We weren't even having a conversation about it, but he said the word, and one of like the people above us heard and was like, "Wow, Haley, you really should know better than to be having a conversation about that. Like I would expect better from you, blah blah blah." And I was freaking out about it like all day long and like literally all summer long was like oh my god everyone thinks that I like have conversations about beer in front of campers like, I'm an oh alcoholic my god. literally everyone's gonna think about it and then I remember campers are
0: gonna tell me I need treatment oh literally
1: <laughs> and I remember like at the end of the summer like literally like 8 weeks later i like said something cuz i was still thinking about it i said something to one of my friends and he was like i literally remember hearing about that and being like that definitely didn't happen and then never thinking about it ever again in my life and i had been thinking about it literally every day so the day guy at who work. said that to you no a different person but oh, he was okay. like cuz Camp is like High school and Everyone talks about Everything but he Was like right he Was like I remember Hearing about that And being like oh That definitely isn't The story that Actually happened and Then never being like Oh that actually Happened (laughs) but it's the Fact that like I in My head was like oh Everyone's talking About it and it's a Huge deal also have You ever felt tension With someone that's Not there
0: oh like I I remember like I Felt I felt like with Camp I would like meet People and like do The thing where I'm Like am I too Talkative or am I too This and I'd like say Something weird (laughs) <laughs> or something that I thought was weird, right? Right, like the thing that you did or whatever right. with the beer, and I would think about that all the time. So then the next person, the time that person would come up, I'd be like, Oh, they're thinking about it,
1: right? So I get <laughs> they actually weird. Don't give a fuck. And like, then they I'd I would like mention it,
0: and then they'd be like, Look at me, like my head was like. And sometimes right. like maybe they like are tr- they don't want to like be like, Oh yeah, that was weird, right? Because like who would? But like they looked at me like my head was cut off, being like, Wait, what? What are you right? They- like like genuinely confused well, of like what I'm just, nervous about,
1: right? I think that just applies to like literally every aspect of mental health and just like life in general of like always thinking that people are caring and like thinking about it when in reality like how many times do you actually like look at someone and think the things that you think other people are thinking about you yeah never like I never like meet someone and like automatically look at them and see like if I think that they're fat or like skinny and I think that every time I meet someone that's all that they're thinking Right. I have never once done that in my entire life. So right. why would I think exactly. that other people would
0: do that? Exactly. Also, I think, too, like, if you if you go back in your mind and you think of all the thoughts that you've even had just today, for example, mm-hmm. um, they're all about you. Right. They're not about other people. So if you're constantly thinking about yourself, what the fuck are other people thinking about I'm themselves? I'm sure, right. So they're not – I would never walk out of – you would never walk out of my house and I'd be like – what is Haley thinking about? Like, I would, I would reminisce about that, but you're not fucking thinking about me. You're thinking about what what I'm thinking of you. So it's like, why are you? It's
1: like, they know that we know that they know. Right, exactly.
0: And you like assume that there's like tension or whatever. And it's just like, I don't know. Maybe I've been like too high around sober people. Where sometimes (laughs) I'm just kind of like, paranoid right, uh-huh. and thinking like of what other people are thinking and then I get sober sometimes and I'm like oh like right. you're just watching tv or some shit like oh they're for not- sure you well to- and I
1: think it all just goes back to like everyone has their own shit and like I talk, say it all the time like everyone has their shit there is not a single person like whether your shit is like this big and my shit's that big like everyone has stuff going on in their life that's hard and that they're struggling with and I think the reality is that like I'm not gonna spend my days like thinking about someone else's like, I'm thinking about mine and the person next to me is thinking about theirs. And like, that's just how the world works. But I think when you're so far in it and so much of your anxiety comes from like what other people think, you make up these thoughts that all these people are thinking about you, even though, you know, like I know for a fact, no one is. And at the same time, I'm still going to think that they are.
0: Right. And even, well, a a thousand percent, I agree with that. And I, I think it even, um, Sometimes I'd get texts from people that I hadn't talked to in, like, years. And I assumed of what they thought of me because I didn't know them that well. Like, mm-hmm. people from high school that I'm now friends with. And I wasn't right. friends with them in high school. And they text me being like, hey, I heard you do comedy. I want to come to some of your shows. And I'm like, I thought that person, like, thought I was weird or whatever. Right. And then they'd, like, try to be friends with me or try to act cool around me. And I'm like, oh, so, like, this whole time I thought you thought I was weird. You thought I was, like, cool or whatever. Like, right. like weird shit that, like... Your insecurities project to other people. Like do you ever go around you're with your best friends and like talk about your first impressions of each other? No, okay. Oh my so God, that's like hilarious. no, so like we do that sometimes too. We're like we're completely honest because it's like we're best friends. we're like made it too right. far to like go back. So I'm kind of just like, oh, yeah, I thought you were super quiet and like a little like into yourself, but then I like became friends like right. you just kind of like tell each other. And I remember hearing some of my friends like tell me about me, and I was just like, Oh, so that's actually how I am. That's how right. I know I am. But mm-hmm. my anxiety tells me differently. Like, that when they say that, I'm like, oh, yeah. I, I kind of do know people think that about me. Right. I do know people think that I'm funny or, whatever, or cool wh- right. whatever. But I don't – but my anxiety, anxiety tells, that. tells me yes. I'm a piece of shit and right. I talk too much yes. and I'm annoying and I'm, like, fat and short and, like, all these I things totally that I get that. Yes. have anxiety mm-hmm. about that become a reality. And then I treat those people differently because I – Want to like, I guess, skirt Fix. around the fact of what they're thinking. Yes. So if they yes. think I'm this way, I'm gonna go this way for sure. Even though like you're you're just not being yourself because you're mm-hmm. just kind of like puzzle piecing totally. together what you want them to think of you.
1: No, I totally agree yeah. With that.
0: <laughs> um, do you? So now, I mean, you've obviously gone through the whole college thing and then you transferred. Yes. Um. I mean, you don't have to get into that because we're probably going to wrap it up in like five, ten minutes. But I just wanted to ask you, like, tell the speech story, like how you got involved in mental health. Yes. Um. Because you've talked about your anxiety and like how you went to treatment for eating. How did you get... Into like versus like I want to talk about it and then help people who have this yeah. in like a broad way.
1: Um. So I think a lot. Of, first of all, a lot of it stems just from the fact that like when I'm upset, helping people is what makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. And I think when I'm anxious or depressed, literally all I do is think, well, if this person came to me and said the things that I'm saying, what would I tell them to do? And that's literally how Smart. I talk myself out of it because when you're in it yourself, you can't. So a lot of it stems from that, but. Uh, like logistically and what actually happened um, I went to college my freshman year and I came home for Thanksgiving and I really just wanted to like do something in mental health my senior year I had done a talk or not a talk a dance in my dance company show to 1-800 by logic which is the suicide prevention hotline number Mm -hmm. and it was the first time that people had like reached out and like said that they had dealt with similar things, and it was the first time that I had opened up about things that happened to me senior year. Um, So after that, I knew I wanted to talk about it more because I realized how common of an issue it was, not just in Deerfield, but in the entire fucking world. Mm -hmm. Um, So I came home Thanksgiving, and I met with my social worker from school, and I said, like, listen, I want to help out in the high school somehow. Like, I don't know what I would do, but, like, here are some of the ideas and, like, people I've talked to and, like, things I want to do. And every year they do, for the juniors, a suicide prevention talk. And it's a stupid video that no one pays attention to. And your teacher yeah. leads, like, a scripted conversation. It's literally, like,
0: hissing from the it 1920s. Is,
1: it's like, shh. It like, is that black and white. It is so light. bad. It's on
0: cassette. And it's, like... No or like one a pays VCR. attention.
1: Right. And the teachers are uncomfortable doing it because they aren't properly trained to talk about it. Kids don't talk because the reality is they're all dealing with it, but they're all afraid to talk about it because no one talks about it. I
0: remember watching it in like a music class. It was and I was like, why are It you was like
1: horrible. But so they did that for the juniors and seniors, and <laughs> I had my meeting and also just Quick side note. People kill themselves
0: when they're younger than junior and
1: seniors. Like, that's, oh, yeah. like suicide can start at 13. Well, and that's the whole point why they give the suicide prevention talk that year is because, like, people are going off to college and it's, like, the middle of high school and, like, right. whatever.
0: But, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, it's just the oh, whole thing's dumb.
1: Yes. So, I, after the meeting I had with my social worker, she was like, we actually this year want to put all of the juniors and seniors in the auditorium and just have you talk to them. And I was like, oh, do you want me to talk about, like, the signs of like depression. She's like, no, I literally just want you to talk about your story and like what happened to you. And like, you were a kid that sat in the auditorium next to them a year ago. And this is like what happened and no one knew. So I did that for the first time and I spoke and then it kind of just snowballed from there. And I posted the video of that talk on Facebook and it kind of, I hate saying it went viral because that makes me sound like famous and that's no just, like, but, so it, not but it even, did like, in a good thing. way it's important right. for mental health it went it spiral. it went viral in the sense of like it snowballed to so many people where like people were sharing it that I had no mutual friends with on Facebook which mm-hmm. was like when I started to realize that like people were seeing it because they related to it not because they knew me like people right weren't just they sharing weren't supporting me, they, were they were like friends. I support this this right move exactly um, so my talk is called It's Okay, Not Be Okay. And I started I have like a little that. pin that says that. It's my favorite saying like yeah. ever. Um, and so, yeah, it kind of just snowballed. And then I would do, I did that talk. And then someone got my name from like Glenbrook North High School. And then he had me speak at that high school. And then I spoke at their new teacher conference. And then I spoke at a parent night because one of the teachers was like, I think parents should hear it. Of course, I spoke, right. I've just literally I've spoken of course anybody, right. There are so many cool experiences because I don't always speak to the same demographic. So like, I've spoken to just students, I've spoken to just parents, I've spoken to like only teachers, and I've spoken at events that are like all kinds of people like together, where it's like kids okay. and their parents and whoever else might be there.
0: What's the difference between presenting to parents, teachers, like, and kid? Like, tell me the difference between. a couple I think of them. I
1: just. I do the same skeleton. So I have note cards that I bring to all of my talks, and I literally don't look at them. Like it's just like a security blanket thing that like. Do you talk about it in your speech? Oh yeah, like I'll like be like I hold these note cards up here just because like I'm anxious and like I think that I'm gonna look at them and I never actually look at them throughout my talk because I've done it so many times. It's also kind of an icebreaker and it's funny and it's literally like an it's yeah it's the definition of irony. But like the note cards are like the skeleton of my talk and they're like the pinpoints that I always talk about. But I think the things I emphasize and the way I talk about certain things depends on who I'm talking to. So of like course. when I spoke at the new teacher conference, I talked to like a lot more in depth about like the way like my teachers handled it and the way like my parents handled it mm. like when I was at home and like how that impacted me being at school and things like that. Uh, Versus that's when really I'm talking with parents, I talked a lot about like the way my parents handled it and like things that like would have helped me if, like, they had done X, Y, and Z versus kids. I'm like, this is what happened. And, like, if you or your friend is going through this, like, this is what you could do about Mm -hmm. it. Because that's honestly a lot of the number one question I get. And I think half of the time it's really about them. The kids will always ask me. They'll be like, my friend is going through this. Like, what can I do and, like, how can I help them? Mm -hmm. And that's, like, a huge question I always get asked because they might not personally deal with it, which Mm -hmm. is, like, totally normal if you don't struggle with it. But you 1,000% have a friend that does. Oh, yeah. And so it's, like, how do you help that person? I say it all the time. I had friends that would be, like, can I please come over? Like, I know you're upset, blah, blah. blah. I'd be, like, no, don't fucking come over. I literally don't want to hang out with you. And they would come over and sit on my couch, and I wouldn't talk to them the entire time. But they would sit there for, like, hours and just, like, watch TV with me. And then they would leave and I would text them and be, like, I know I was being a bitch. Like, I'm so sorry, but, like, I really appreciate you coming over. And, like, it means a lot.
0: Right. I mean, yeah. That's I had that similar situation where, like, the other day – my friend came over, and, like, she, like, has had... Oh, Carolyn. Sorry, mm-hmm. I can say her name. Carolyn was over. um, who's on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Um, she came over the other day, and I was, like, kind of a complete bitch. Like, not to her, but just, like, I was in a shitty mood because right. my cousin passed away. And um, I texted her. I was like, hey, I'm so, so sorry. And she's like, are you kidding me? Like, I, like, don't apologize. And I was right. like, no, like... I, I even texted her, like, five hours later, being like, hey, I'm sorry again right. for being a bitch. Because I... No, I was. I know I wasn't to you, but my aura wasn't cool. Like, it was just shitty, you know?
1: But I think that's the cool thing about, like, having people that are so close to you is that, like, her response was, like, oh, my God, why are you apologizing? Like, you're so fucking stupid. Like, that's so normal. It's understandable. Right. I think it's so different. Like, my friends would never be, like... You would never be like, oh my God, like, yeah, you were kind of rude, rude, but like, it's totally fine. They'd be like, don't fucking apologize. Like, why are you literally saying you're sorry? Like, that's totally normal. And like, I get that because we're that close. And I want to be there. For I
0: want to be there when you're like right, that. Right. Exactly. Because then it just makes it, it, it makes you do have a stronger bond with people when you're like that. Oh,
1: for sure. Um,
0: I think there's certain things that you can feel when you're talking to somebody and you get through something hard that there's a complete dynamic shift. Where when you're talking to them and you're like, oh, our relationship's different because I like, told oh, you this sure. or I exposed this or I'm vulnerable about this. Um, or certain things I open up to people about. Um, for sure. I think I have a hard time digging deep. Mm-hmm. I think people call me an open book, but... It's not, like, open-open. It's, like, cracked.
1: Right, yeah. It's
0: kind of just, You like, aren't, like,
1: annotating the pages, but you're, like, reading right. it. <laughs> like, exactly,
0: exactly. And it's, like, I, I'm, i you know, I expose stuff. I would be able to tell my story, but I'm never going to go into, like, the hurt that I felt. Because right. I don't feel sadness. I don't feel hurt. Right. I'm just... I've just been in fucked-up situations. Exactly. I'm, I'm saying this sarcastically. I'm saying, like, I've yes. just been in, like, fucked-up situations, but... I'm a robot. I don't feel things. You right, I'm of course. Saying? and yes. that's like that's like I think a lot of people with anxiety we hide everything.
1: Oh, for sure. And like
0: it's the oh, it's like the whole entire thing of this episode when you said that I completely relate to is when you were like, um, you like tell people after the fact that like right. you were upset, and that's what I do too. where, like, like my roommate and my best friends with will be will be like, oh, I. I knew like something was going on. I just like you didn't tell me, and I was like, "Well, I just wanted to tell you." Like I just felt shitty the whole day.
1: Well, I do that all the time. We're like I purposely like won't Snapchat my boyfriend all day long when I know I'm having a shit day because I know if I actually he sees me, he's gonna be like, "What's going on?" And like, so I'll just I'd rather just like tell him afterwards and be like, "Yeah, that's why I wasn't Snapchatting you all day because like I knew I was having a shit day." Yeah. But now we can talk about it because I'm not actually in it, so it's fine. Right. 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 Right yes I know because you don't want to expose yourself
0: it's hard I mean it's not easy I'm never gonna mental health talking about it I think you talking about it me talking about it all the time it's kind of normal to us um, but I think I think the really hard part is being vulnerable For I think sure. I think that saying you have something is almost like oh I have this I have this but being in it is so it's different it's so
1: different well, and that's something, like, people, a lot of people always ask me, and they're like, great, like, we're having these conversations, but, like, how do we actually make change? They're like, I don't see, like, change actually happening, and I say it all the time, I'm like... If 20 years ago someone walked into a room of a hundred people and was like I'm gay, people would be like, Oh my fucking god, like I'm fucking leaving, like this is so weird. Right. Versus like now if someone walked into a room and they're like, I'm gay, everyone would be like, Oh my god, that's so dope. Like me too, right. or oh I'm bi or oh my brother's this, like right, and everyone would be so excited. Exactly. Which is the same thing. I think if someone walked into a room or I walked into a room and I was like, Hey guys, like I'm bipolar, people would be like, Oh my god, that's so weird that she just said that. Right. Like, why would she share that? Right. Versus hopefully in like 20 years I could say that and someone would be like, Oh my god, like my brother's bipolar, like, oh my god, like my my sister has like crippling you have bipolar anxiety one yeah
0: okay so wait oh my no, god no bipolar is- 2
1: I don't know why I said yes
0: okay so you have bipolar <laughs> 2 that's yeah. what i thought that's what i thought okay wait this is the end of the podcast dude why the fuck did you just say that I'm so sorry (laughs) no you're fine I was like wait
1: cut something else out and just put this no (laughs) no no I'm just gonna
0: I'm gonna do how much time you've done I'm bipolar just from like the last segment no you're so funny okay part two no I'm just saying it in a way where I'm just like there's so much to unpack but we're like wrapping up okay do okay well something about bipolar how did you know you had it Spark Note edition. Yes,
1: Spark Note. <laughs> um, my freshman year of college, I, I mean, okay, I'm a huge night owl. Like my favorite time of the day is from like one to five a.m. Oh
0: my God, so we can hang out after like, this. Like <laughs> literally, I'm not kidding.
1: It's like my favorite time same. of the day is one a.m. to five a.m. Um, but in college. not same. I
0: meant like till I I stay up late. Yeah, very late.
1: Um, but I think in college I got into these extremes of my emotions. Like a little mania. Right. Well, it wasn't even, like, because I never thought of it as mania, but then, like, my psychiatrist, when I was, she was asking me questions, like, for, like, baseline questions to, like, diagnose me. She was, like, well, have you ever, like, stayed up for, like, more than, like, one day or, like, two days at a time? And I, like, have vivid memories of being, like, 13, 14 years old and, like, rearranging my, like, full room and, like, moving furniture at, like, 3 a.m. And, like, literally doing it forever, but it was, like... I was always a night owl, and I was like, that's just like normal for me. And like, I'm just super creative and like like being up late at night and whatever. But then like, you're like, like, I have bipolar. <laughs> right. And then, and then my freshman I'm year. Not I was like, I'm not creative. I'm a like, statistic. Well, now, I was like, now I'm doing that like every once in a while, but then I'm laying in bed for like <laughs> three days straight and not getting it's up. It's the flux. So, right, it's not, that's it's not what what makes... always
0: night owl. It's like, I'm a night owl when I'm man. Exactly. Like, or when I'm in an upstate, whatever. Correct.
1: Um, so I think that was the first time I really like. Was when I saw the depressive episodes paired with them because I had had right. depressive episodes before, and I had been like quote unquote manic before in my life. Yeah, we really, like, but well, that's seeing... just different. <laughs> right, exactly. I was like, those are like things that just happened, but seeing them like back to back in the relationship and the like, the way they affected one another like mm. interchangeably was what made me realize that okay it might be was there different. like a
0: wake-up call or you just kind of like you looked to the patterns because you got no, asked I remember, by your psychiatrist no
1: I literally remember sitting I used to freshman year I used to like live in the side room of my gym in my dorm because it was like the only place that no one went so I would mm. call my therapist from there and I remember oh sitting in there and I was talking to him and I was like yeah I feel like I'm like fucking bipolar and I like joked about it and I literally was like laughing and he was like well have you ever thought about getting tested and I was like what I was like, yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah,
0: you're like, wait, I thought this was like right. funny. I thought it was like I'm funny. locked in a door right now. <laughs>
1: right. I literally thought it was like a joke. And he was like, Why don't you like actually get tested? So then I did. And then she was like, Yeah.
0: You um, but it made
1: sense why my anxiety meds weren't working in my antidepressants. Because she's Isn't like, Isn't that great? If people who are bipolar, like to realize like,
0: that stuff. So. Right.
1: Because she was like, if you're bipolar and I'm giving you antidepressants, it's just gonna make your highs and lows even that much more extreme. Right,
0: because you're not you're not medicated properly. And right. that's why like that's why like Sometimes getting a diagnosis makes so. So you got diagnosed freshman year of college with Did, bipolar, yeah. That that probably made so much sense because when I got diagnosed with narcolepsy, I was like, oh, uh, like you're like that makes sense. it just like <laughs> makes so much sense because like I don't have cataplexy where I'm like talking to you and falling asleep. But like last night, I was on the phone with my mom and I started falling right, asleep. Yeah. So like I get certain things where, but I'm like I was like winding down at the mm-hmm. end of the night. It's not during the day, but like I was like, oh, I don't have social anxiety. I just canceled plans because. I would cancel plans to take naps a right. lot in high school. And and in college, I would sleep so much. Right. Even if I wasn't depressed. And um, I got diagnosed, and I was like, oh, my God. I don't have social... Like, I made myself think I had social anxiety. Right. I was like, oh, I'm canceling plans and taking a nap because I'm depressed, because I'm anxious about being social. And I'm like, no, I fuck, I'm a narc. Like, right. I literally have narcolepsy. <laughs> like, I... Have a problem and I need meds. And now I'm on meds and I'm like, wait, this is how life's supposed to be.
1: Well, and I think, like, when you have, like... Like, I've had anxiety for so long and, like, been talking about it for so long, like... You, to a certain degree, think you know yourself so well that you're like, oh, like, I don't have those things. I could never have this. Right. You're like, I know myself well enough that, like, this is what I have. This is my mental health profile. And there's nothing to be added because I've just known myself. But now I literally can eliminate everything. I literally feel
0: like I just have OCD and narcolepsy. Like, I, but I, (laughs) but I literally, my list before that was like ADHD, OCD, anxiety, Mm -hmm. eating disorder, depression fucking irritable bowel syndrome all this bullshit that came from ocd because my anxiety stem from ocd my depression exactly i think everyone has a main
1: thing right that so it's like a
0: tree yours is probably anxiety bipolar
1: oh for sure is that it i mean yeah i honestly think my (laughs) anxiety and what's so crazy right exactly (laughs) what's so crazy is i really i think my anxiety is for sure, number one. It
0: sounds. I mean, it sounds like it's especially, yes. especially when you have
1: it as a child. Oh, for sure. Well, I think my anxiety for I sure mean. is my number one, but I really do think a lot of it comes from body image. I think that it's oh, wow. such a bigger okay. issue in my life than I think it is because, again, like it's just normal. So I don't think yeah, of it as being the biggest issue in my life. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm like, oh, it's like totally normal that like I constantly think about like the way no. I look and how I'm sitting no. and how because once you
0: get better because I've gotten to the other side
1: because I'm perfect right of course um
0: because once you get better you look back and you're like oh that was so stupid right no because like now I look back and I'm like oh like literally it's happened to me where like I just went to a family thing and I used to have a disorder and I don't know but I went to a family thing and every single person there I'm not even kidding was like Drew lost 100 pounds what happened Drew, like a week ago and I was like I lost like 20 pounds recently but I was like not from an eating disorder. Right. Like, I literally was just kind of stressed and, like, wasn't eating as much. Mm-hmm. And hmm And I go, I used to have an eating disorder and I wanted those compliments and never got them. And now I don't have one and I lost right. weight. And I'm like, please go back well, in time and like, tell me I look skinny and great. That's like,
1: literally a whole nother conversation. Yeah. It's, like, the language behind it and, like, right. the way things you It's, like, you what's say? your secret? Oh, my. I'm no, like and stress. it's, like, saying, like when people like when I was like losing a ton of weight people would be like oh my god you look so skinny that would make me like lose more weight like it yeah, would do to, the opposite of what then, they think because then, would then be in your doing. mind you're like oh so if I eat I'll get fat and then they won't give me those compliments right so that's a whole nother conversation but it's like yeah. the things you say to people and like really thinking about like the way like your words matter and the way like um I always say like I think it's like intent versus like effect. So it's like, you could be intending like such like a great thing, but like the effect of it could be so different and you don't even realize it.
0: Totally. Um, are you, I mean, COVID's obviously having some assuming, are you doing any speeches upcoming? Well, so
1: I have no talks planned, but, um, literally the week we went into quarantine, I had the biggest talk I'd ever done that week. Well, no, it was the week we went into quarantine, so it got canceled, but it was like, 2000 people it was like something crazy and I was so excited about it and it was a bunch of it was like Deerfield High School Highland Park High School all the Deerfield Public Schools all the Highland Park Public Schools and then Bannockburn so it was all of these parents from all of those like schools and I actually have a call tomorrow about it because I was literally driving the car yesterday and I was like passing Deerfield High School and I was like why don't we fucking do it on the field? I was like, I'll sit, stand at wow. one end with a microphone. Parents could, like, literally bring lawn chairs or, like, sit in the bleachers and spread out. And I could, I was like, wow, it's nice out. Why don't I, like, give talks outside? That's so nice. So, that's I'm, so I actually have a, a call person. tomorrow to talk about it, to, that's like, do so it. That's so nice. Um, wow. But that's my idea, because I really, like, if it's nice you out really right care. now, why can I not, like, take a mic and, like, talk places yeah, outside that I like, was supposed even to? even, like, I
0: mean... My work company, because I work for Grubhub, like sometimes we'll have meetings with like 2,000 people on it. Like, you can right. have a Zoom call with 2,000 well, people. Well, that was on the it.
1: thing. People were asking me if I would ever do Zoom presentations. I don't think it has the same effect. I don't think it has the same effect at all. I think I can't see people, which, like, you don't know what, like, that's how I, I, I feel just, about
0: doing comedy Zoom shows. It's right. Like, I literally denied half of them I wouldn't do it. I was well, like, sorry, like, I have plans. Right.
1: Exactly. In COVID. <laughs> well, and I feel like if I were listening to a presentation on Zoom, I'd be like on my phone half the time and, like, not really paying attention. Like, it's just so different. I don't think it would be bad. I just don't think it would... No, it wouldn't. Especially it wouldn't. with
0: mental health where you like need to feel...
1: Well, and so much of, like, my favorite part about speaking is the afterwards when people come up and talk to me. And, like, what am I supposed to go in breakout rooms with everyone? Like, right, Zoom? Right, exactly, Like, what am I supposed to do? Exactly.
0: So, yeah. So, no coming things. Okay, so. But um, I do have
1: an Instagram that I post on all the time. Yeah, I was just
0: going to say, I was just going yeah. to say to plug, you're doing my job for me. So, do you have, do you have an, <laughs> you have an Instagram you'd like to yeah, plug? How I do you spell it?
1: It's H-A-Y, like, hey, like, Haley, underscore, it's okay to not be okay. Oh, I love that. I um, okay. Like, hey, like that kind of cute little pun. Um, But um, my, the okay on my uh, Instagram is just okay. There's no like AY at the end of it. So Mm -hmm. it's just hey underscore it's okay to not be okay. Okay. But my Facebook page is it's okay to not be okay movement spelled out. Okay. I love that. So go follow that and then
0: follow it. Instagram, Facebook, like the Facebook page.
1: Yeah, and just, like, um, talk to me. That's, like, I honestly, like, my favorite thing is just, like, talking to people on social mm-hmm. media because I love it it's too, just, yeah. like, it's awesome.
0: Yeah, no, it is. And um, I've talked to some people, too, on social media about, right. like, my podcast and stuff, and it's great. Um, it's great to help people. It's great getting good feedback about it. I sp- Obviously, you've probably gotten really good feedback about that <laughs> and, like, heard probably parents talk to you about, like, something their kid's struggling with. Um, so... I usually ask hmm, – I usually I have, like, a p- p- question. It's okay. Prepared, but I wanted to ask you, like, if you could give somebody a piece of advice about um, – mm-hmm. not mental health, but – well, obviously mental health. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, if you had to give somebody a piece of advice who – because I, I know you said you're a person who kind of hides things. What mm-hmm. would you give – A person who kind of has an ego because that's part of it that's Mm -hmm. like having the ego like of not telling people like what would you what's the first step
1: into telling somebody that they're struggling it's so interesting because I always end all of my talks and like all of my posts with start the conversation share your story it's okay to not be okay but that's like my thing right so then people say like well how am I supposed to have the conversation I'm not telling you to go give a presentation in front of 500 people or to, like, go up to your mom and be like, oh, my God, all these things have been going on. But it's, like, next time your mom asks you, like, "How's your day? Don't be like, it's fine. How are you? Be like, I actually kind of had a shitty day. Like, I don't really want to talk about it, but, like, I, like, had a shit day. So just honesty? Honesty. And I think, like, I think so many people think that when they're struggling with so many things, in order to open up, they have to tell someone everything and be like, oh, my God, all of these things are going on just start a conversation and just share one thing that you may mm-hmm. be struggling with. I think just to break the ice. That, right. And I think also too, like there's things where like you can make a code word with somebody like, right. Hey, this
0: is like strawberry Is when I'm really fucking like want to kill myself. Exactly. Like, whatever You know, <laughs> like you got to do that. Okay. So follow you on Instagram, Facebook. Um, anything else you'd like to share before you,
1: before we end the podcast? Um, I don't know. Thanks for having me. This was so fun. You're welcome. I love doing yes, this. Thanks
0: for being here. Um, I'm sure a lot of people will get a lot of help out of this, and I think, um, you know, I think it's super nice to talk to somebody who's really open about it. Um, and you're very young. There are people who are older than you that don't really know how to express their emotions. And oh, do they I end know up that becoming an alcoholic? <laughs> and um, wow, that got dark. Um, okay. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Well, thanks so much for doing it, and thank you so much for listening to Doing Time. Thank